Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello Egg Chasers, this is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We're down here in the rugby dungeon, ready to dissect another big week in the rugby world. I'm Tim, uh, right in front of me, uh, sockless and shoeless, is JB. (laughs) Yeah, because if we put the live stream up and I'm barefoot, people go insane. They go, they they... They just lose their mind. <laughs> I know, it's JB's looking at a screen which has got the shot of the video that we're recording currently and his feet are just out of picture. Yeah, literally, I've got about an inch to play with. That's and what she said. <laughs> that's that's, that's boys. <laughs> lads, lads, lads. And there is Phil. Hello, Tim. Hello. What, why the British and Irish Lions stashed today? Any particular reason for that? Uh... Not really. I just kind of was flicking through my rugby jersey collection and thought, I've not worn that for a while. How do you keep your rugby jersey collection? Are they all kept together or do you keep rugby shirts with T-shirts? Uh, no, they're, they're kept together. They're separate. They're in the back bedroom at the moment. So they've got their own separate wardrobe oh, right now. Oh, do you remember that, JB, when you had when you used your yeah. spare bedrooms for your own other clothes? Well, I've got, I've got a spare flat now, so I'm actually, I'm actually okay on this... Uh, <laughs> front uh, but yes yeah. i have this is where all your rugby jerseys are jb around us there's oh. quite a few of my rugby jerseys <laughs> yeah. in the rugby dungeon as well some team rugby jerseys yeah <laughs> yes uh, well you can find us uh, at rugby podcast on twitter on facebook instagram and um hopefully you can go watch exactly what we're recording right now on youtube as well yes um, if the video works correctly then, and it will, of course. And it will. You'll be able to see as well as hear. So uh, just subscribe everywhere you can. And thank you very much for listening. We've got a big weekend of rugby to talk about domestically and internationally. And we're waking up in a new world um, where New Zealand rugby union players are human. Wow. Well, hang on. Because it means something else as well. What? <laughs> the JB Cup has a new holder. <laughs> I can only imagine this was the first thing on Kieran Reid's mind. Oh, when, they were devastated when they lost that game. Well, yeah, because they had to hand they had to, they had to hand it over to who? Do you know? I don't know. <laughs> Wales. Know? Wales have got the longest undefeated streak of a tier one f- 15s nation. <laughs> uh, men's. Men's. <laughs> <laughs> I suspect there's some uh, women's teams that have got longer records than Wales' current unbeaten run, which is how many games? Five. 
Five, okay. Congratulations, Wales, I guess. Kind of. This is an amazing achievement for them. Do, I mean, um, they've worked so hard in the world Warren Gatlin. You think about what they've done there. <laughs> they've won Six Nations. They've got, I think, two Grand Slams under him. World Cup semi but the JB Cup. That's, that's something, isn't it? That's that is something. something. So how is the JB Cup being transported from New Zealand to Wales? Uh, fighter plane. Fighter all the yeah, way. Fighter plane, yeah. Well, that's, that's Man, a, lot of, it's a, mid, a few mid-air fuel, refuelling stops there. Good, no, good knowledge, Tim. Yes, yeah. it, would, it would actually be in, uh, in-flight refuelling. Multiple, multiple oh, yeah, in-flight yeah. refuels, oh, yeah. I yeah, would yeah. imagine. Yeah. So yeah, um, that's that's exactly what that's exactly what uh, what will happen. Can I just suggest on a very technical thing, you pull the, that, that, the fader down now, so we don't get any buzz. By uh, I've done it. Oh, you've done it already. Done it. Done it. Look at this. <laughs> wow, well, um, amazing. So yes, New Zealand have been beaten. Um, a couple of facts about that, which uh, I'm wondering if, in fact, I should give Phil an opportunity. There are some quite interesting facts about this win. I'm wondering if you know them, Phil. Uh, so it depends what you're talking about. If you're talking about the the game stats, not the game stats. Okay. The facts, other than the GB Cup uh, changing hands, yes, I'm not sure. Okay, well, how about the fact that the 36 points scored by South Africa were the most ever given up by the All Blacks on New Zealand soil? Wow! Wow! In any match since 1904. Wow! That that, that that's amazing. That's genuinely amazing. Yeah, it was the eighth time that they've lost at home. Um. Since 1904, I believe, in the last 100 years, there's been um, 113 matches, 104 wins, one draw, um, and eight defeats after that. So this this is a, a rare collector's item. The other people that have beaten them before, um, the British and Irish Lions once, yep. last year. Uh, yeah. France once. I think that was the Mac, was that Maxime Medard. Seems mm. to have, uh, seemed to be having an intercept try. That seems to Maxime ring Medard. So that'll be at some point in the last 10 years yeah. or so. England once, that was before 2000, the 2000... That, yeah, I remember cut. that game like it was yesterday. Yeah, England got, were down to 13 men, I think, yeah. Yeah. with two yellow cards. And they basically walked New Zealand in a mall from the halfway yeah, line. Yeah. It, that was a brilliant win. That was such a dominant win. Yeah, and so important going into a World Cup. Yeah. Australia have beaten them twice. They play them a lot, so uh, you, would, you would probably expect them. And South Africa now have three wins. The only side to have chalked up three wins in in New Zealand. Good. Wow. And, and yet still, one of the biggest talking points coming out of it is, do New Zealand need an absolutely cast-iron 85% goal kicker? But yes. I mean, everyone does. It, you know, not just New Zealand. There again, it's all about opportunity cost, isn't it? I mean, what do you, what would you miss out on if you didn't, if you did have that kicker? And that's, you know, Bowden Barrett. Mm. Yeah. Can, well, so there's a couple of questions there. One, I think you've got to have Borden Barrett in your team. Mm. Uh, absolutely. So Can't they find a Kenny Logan somewhere? Well, they've they've got Geordie Barrett, who can kick sticks. He was playing 15 at the time. They've also got someone like D-Mac, D-Mac. who's on the bench, but who can kick sticks. And Borden and- Barrett quite often can kick sticks. He seems to have these games though. Mm. He'll he'll often get Lions. Eight, he did it. He'll often get eighty or ninety percent in a single game, but he'll often get so thirty three percent in this game. He's had games. Thirty three percent was his kicking percentage. Yes, <laughs> he's had games where he's had a zero percent and had like five or six shots at goal. Wow, well. I mean that's like that's seriously it's, like level eight percentages. It's, it's, it, it I mean, is. I, I, there's normally top it's age not, have played against fly halves with better kicking percentages than that. It's like level eight percentages if your tight head prop is kicking. Yeah, 
Well, it always makes me laugh. In Talk H, we have like, I don't know, five guys who are practicing kicking all the time. And I always think it's important to have, you know, an army of mediocre kickers to, uh, <laughs> to fall back on. Yeah. So it is, it's a concern. Um, I actually think New Zealand are that good. And this, this game was such an anomaly that I don't think it's a major concern going into the World Cup. And I actually think, I said to JB when I first arrived, I think this loss actually puts New Zealand in, an, in a stronger position to oh, win the World Cup. Oh, that's not what I want to hear after that. Well, I, t- I tell you what. It, so I, I think, think you might learn, be right. I think they will learn. So there's lots of things to learn. One is the importance of goal kicking, which yeah. they may or may not do anything about. Second, just that final five minutes where they've got all of the territory, all the possession. They had multiple opportunities to attempt to drop goal. And it was... One half of me wants to say it was arrogance. The other half of me... Do you remember back to the uh, 2015 World Cup? And Chris Robshaw... Don't remind me. Chris Robshaw, in the Wales game, had the shot for three or go for the corner, and he went for the corner. And the phrase I used at the time was, it was like he was playing on tilt which is a poker phrase where mm. you've had a particularly bad beat. You should yeah. have won a hand. Chase your losses. And yeah, yeah. your decision-making is affected. Yeah. Now, New Zealand, looking at this game, and the statistics are unbelievably one-sided in New Zealand's favour, all of the statistics, and yet they found themselves down. And so it was almost like their decision-making was on tilt, and in a normal game, they would have taken the three, and in this game, they didn't. Mm. And I think this wake-up call will correct that in few, if they ever find themselves in similar positions in future. I also think there's one other thing that should temper this slightly. They were on home soil, and this doesn't happen very often, but um, New Zealand in week one picked pretty much a full-strength team. Mm. Week two, they picked a second-string uh, second team, and then in this round, they picked kind of a hybrid. Yeah. So they, they will get better as well. Yeah, well, the other thing is, when you say, do you need a kicker? We're all talking about a team who's coming off the back of two World Cups yeah, and yeah. has won every rugby championship that I can remember. I mean, when I Austra- something... Australia ha- did win one about two years ago. Did they? Yeah. They and I need to have a look at when. when oh, that that's happened. when they all I finished pretty, pretty much pretty level on much points. Level. Just, yeah. yeah. So okay, let me rephrase that. Um, won ev- nearly every rugby championship yeah. since that, that I can remember. Okay. Um, if they lose one game every four years at home yeah. to South Africa, it's fine. Yeah, you know, just carry is. on playing without a kicker. Mm. If the only two teams that can beat you are a combination of the four home, the best of the four home nations, right? And by the way, that was only a draw, and one game at South Africa, it's not a big deal, is I, it? I want to jump a little tangent because I think it relates to what Phil just talked about at the end. There, it's something I was thinking I was going to bring up later if we talked about the, the Premiership. But let's talk about it more broadly because I've noticed this over the last few weeks now, last couple of weeks teams making really poor decisions at the death in games over corner or posts. And I'm quite amazed that at, at international level, at professional top domestic league level, these mistakes are being made. So here's an example. Um, in the Wasps versus Leicester game, um, which was earlier today as we record this, um, Wasps were three points up with a couple of minutes left. Deep in Leicester's territory, had a penalty, opted to kick at sticks, yeah. putting them six points ahead, which meant Leicester still had the losing bonus point, but after the kickoff, gained a net gain of 80 or 90 metres. Yeah. 
had Wasps dropped the ball mm. on the kickoff, or Leicester win it back, or Leicester win it back from a kickoff, which is not unheard of, you've given them a massive amount of territory, and they still only need seven points to win the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's no so there's so in that situation, I was scratching my head thinking. Yeah, but also they need to convert. I think I would go for the points because they need to convert the try, don't they? Well, with two minutes left on the field. I, my thinking, well, this is what's well, interesting. My thinking would be if I was the wasp, if I was Joe Launchbury, I'd have said, kick it into the corner, maul it. Best case scenario, we score a try and we take a bonus point off them. Worst case scenario, they've got to go 100 metres. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that's tough to do when we have the ball and there's only 90 seconds left. So let me, before we go on to that, so last didn't week. You, didn't well, you lose a cup final doing this? Um, no. I'm sure you did. Didn't you lose like a booster cup final or something? Oh, I don't want to talk about those. I never got to play at Twickenham. Lost in three <laughs> semi-finals. Uh, so, ah, well, was it the semi-final you lost? No, it was a county cup. There was a county cup final where we kicked the ball into touch from a penalty, and the referee said we had to take the line out as well as the penalty. And our and our kicker thought he was kicking it dead to end the game, and kicked it backwards towards our try line. So no. <laughs> <laughs> there ended up being a, a sure line out right near our line. I'll come back. I'm sure you told me that like you had a choice between a. a a kick to the corner to drive it and run run down the clock, or kick at sticks. You kicked at sticks and then, and then they scored on the last. Play. Oh no, that has happened in, in a bit. It was it was a league match, but it got it got us. Yes, it got us a really horrible quarter final, and we ended up losing. Yes, that did happen. But um, but so last week, Sale v Worcester, Sale were six points up with two minutes to go, deep in Worcester's half, had a penalty, kicked for the corner. Yeah, when... They only had two tries, so they were never going to get a try bonus point. Yeah. And... The point would have got, prevented Worcester from getting the, get, the, the three, three. The three points would have meant that they went nine up and took a bonus point away from Worcester and meant that they had to score twice to possibly lose. And so I'm like... So I was scratching my head last week going, why did Sale well, kick it, for the corner? That's a good question. There was another interesting one in the Worcester game when Worcester... So the, one, the one this weekend. The one this week against Newcastle, Worcester three points down... Less than 60 seconds left on the clock. They get a, a penalty from a similar position to where Pennell had already slot, slotted one. It was a difficult kick, but he'd already slotted one from a similar distance, sl- or actually further out, but slightly uh, more central. So the three points would have got them the draw guaranteed two, but they went for the, the corner. and that, that was a Chris Robshaw-esque call. They, yeah, they went for the corner. Now, admittedly, it was the difference between one league point and two league points yeah. because it it would have been a draw if they took the penalty. But they didn't get anywhere near the corner flag. In fact, they were at least five metres away from the 22, outs- oh, outside God. the 22. Wow. Won the line out, hit, tried to hit up the centre who dropped the ball, and it was game over. Yeah. But you're right, these decisions... And this is professional elite level. I mean, am I right in saying those are obvious calls in the case of Wasp? Well, no, the Wasp one is a bit more debatable, but Sale last week... Sale seemed... Kick for stick, go nine points clear. Yeah, Sale seemed unusual. And Worcester, to me, I think it was worth... Given in all that time, in the whole other previous 79 minutes, they'd only come close to scoring... Well, they they scored two tries. Mm. One of them was when... Uh, I can't remember who it was now, when uh, Newcastle had a man in the bin. Um, so, mm. it's just that, you know, it, it relates to what you're talking about with New Zealand, but it's, it's interesting that um, in the heat of battle, at tense moments, yeah. the, the sort of cool head, calm decision-making logic can, yeah. can, can, sometimes, it, can, it, can get lost. 
It can go right, and I I can understand the drop goal one more than the penalty one because yeah. the penalty one you've got time to think. Yeah. A drop goal has got to be a spur of the moment reaction, yeah. but surprising. Just just on the New Zealand, so I mentioned the stats before, and I won't go into much detail, but the stats are astonishing uh, in terms of so New Zealand had nearly eighty percent territory and seventy five percent possession which doesn't always correlate to a win. But when you combine it with they ran more than twice the number of metres with ball in hand, uh, they beat three times the number of defenders, had more twice the number of clean breaks. Uh, they only made 49 tackles. Wow. Compared to 196 tackles for South Africa. And possibly the most startling is New Zealand only gave away three penalties which is astonishing at any, any level amazing. of international rugby. And to lose, it, it really is quite remarkable. Wow. It's, it, the, the three penalties is, is just about the most staggering of all. It really and, is. And to lose. Uh, Joe Fallon has tweeted us on the New Zealand result uh, at Rugby Podcast. He, says, he basically says, the, it's impossible to unsmug a Kiwi... <laughs> Um, his evidence for which is he says Sean Fitzpatrick Fitzpitrick when New Zealand win the guys were immense when New Zealand lose it's great for world rugby aka one of you pitiful nations finally managed to beat us once (laughs) yeah it's so patronising oh it's great for the game that someone can compete with us just once if I was a nation of what three four million people and was so dominant yeah I'd be smug you can you can understand it it is Largely justified their the confidence that the New Zealand players and public have in their team, mm. Mm. but they made some mistakes. They made some key yeah. mistakes at key times. You look at the Larue try and the the Colby try, the the kind of two intercept tries, key times where it was a complete momentum shift uh, from one side to the other, and at the time of the games as well. Because after sixteen minutes, when New Zealand had two tries to nil up. And looking very, very comfortable, you think this this will be fifty or sixty nil. Mm. <sighs> well, that'll teach me because I actually missed the whole game. I thought, yo, I've seen this seen this game pan out so many times. First uh, first half they'll keep it yeah, tight. Yeah, Second yeah, half yeah, New Zealand yeah, will yeah. dominate. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll go for breakfast. I'm watching Twitter, thinking, oh, it'll, it'll turn soon. It'll turn soon, and it never turned. Yeah, devastated. And fair play to South Africa because they're. So they took their chances very well. Uh, Dianti, the winger, who took his two tries very, very well. Marks and the forward power. But the overwhelming thing from New Zealand was the heroic, absolutely heroic defence, time after time after time again. So one other thing it's made far more pertinent is this. These three little slips here. These are your names for the New England uh, manager for the Six Nations, because that's what's going to happen. Um... Because it does, it must be a worry for English English fans now, knowing that South Africa are probably going to be pretty tasty, and also knowing you got to play New Zealand off the back of that. I mean, the only bright spot on this is you. You're also going to play Australia, Australia. who are a mess. Yeah, well, <laughs> before before we focus on that, we should again say fair play Argentina because we thought this rugby championship was just going to be a procession of home wins, other than yeah. New Zealand who would win home and away. Yeah. And yep. Argentina get a win on the road. Is that the first win on in Australia? Sorry, on yeah. Australian soil. Yeah, 
That's, pr- that's pretty cool, isn't it? That is very cool. So it was their first win in the rugby championship. I think it was their first win in 35 years. They were saying in, in commentary during the game. That's amazing. I can never yeah. make up my I can never make up my mind on Argentina. Like, is it was it too soon for them to join the rugby championship? And they do continually get hammered, but occasionally, well, they pull out a victory. What was the name of the right winger? Um, uh, Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, the Del- other right Delgi Delgi yeah his try and slide into his teammates oh. he were warming up behind the try line was a thing of beauty he, in Love one that. in one motion put the ball down slid along the floor and ended up sliding and hugging his teammate he was warming up one of the best try celebrations I've seen is the jewel dive um, who on earth did it uh, who got when Jewel dives. Yeah, so his teammate is diving in to score a try. And he also dives and he also dived without I, the ball. I have no idea why he did it. <laughs> He's very flash, isn't he? He's so flash. Um I loved this game. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um partly because of the like the arm wrestle between the two, partly because of the the kind of brilliant the brilliant tries by both teams, like the Flower try. Have you seen the Flowers try? No. Absolutely phenomenal! It is like, in, like worldy, like really? men, men against boys. It looks it, like the, the the big kid who's yeah. hit puberty first, playing under fourteens against nice. a load of uh, prepubescent kids. Just changing direction at Incredible. full pace, hitting arms and just going through them like they're it's not unreal. there. Um, the De- Delgi try was phenomenal, but the finish and it's so give all that credit to Falau for his phenomenal try. He messed up. He messed up big time. He cost Australia that game by thinking he could do it all and coming against the absolute man-mountain who tracked 40 metres, 80th mm. minute, he's tracked 40 <laughs> metres across, wow. across pitch. You just watched the Falau try. It's is, cra- crazy good, isn't it? Is it? Is it when we burst through the middle? Yeah, yeah. punches through the, the middle and then out. goes around the outside. Goodness me. The, the, that's quite something. That is amazing, actually, isn't it? But Falau, yeah. it's that little, it's that little step. Yeah, Falau in the last minute, Jay. Honestly, it's on the other side of the ball. He was something else as well. Yeah, um, and it was Lavanini who's tracked right the way across the pitch. He's played eighty minutes. He's put in God knows how many hits and carries, mm. and he absolutely as as uh, Falau steps back inside. Yeah. It was a winger and a prop. Yeah. He steps through them. And gets absolutely flattened yeah, by really? Lavanini. Lavanini does a job. Phenomenal hit. Phenomenal bit of defensive tracking from a second row. It's, it's superb. Yeah, I, I I need to post some more things about God. Just watching that try again. <laughs> I mean, he's obviously got someone on his side. <laughs> <laughs> but if it, if you do that and you lose the game, it's not worth it. Oh yeah, good point. Mind you, God I would, can't love him that much. Well, it depends what you want. I mean, if you just want. <laughs> Really cool try highlights. If that, I mean, if that's what <laughs> well, you're aiming for. So in five years' time, everyone will have forgotten about him blowing that game, but everyone will still be watching that try. Well, I tell you what, I used to play. Uh, I used to have a coach called Kevin O'Brien. Um, you, you did you get coached by Kevin? I didn't get coached by him, but I know the guy. Yeah, right. So Kevin O'Brien used to. You, know, you think you, you you might have encountered the guy? Yeah, but, I know. And he used to be coach at Broughton Park, and he he had an island cap. Hell of a uh, hell of a player. His sons are a, a, a brilliant players. Good coach, uh, nice guy. But on his one island cap, he has this absolute horror and underneath the high ball. I mean, an absolute shocker, which leads... And he's playing fullback, which leads to an, Engl- to an England try. 
And you say that no one will ever remember, you know, Israel Folau messing up. That's all that people remember of Kevin O'Brien's in, entire international career is that one missed catch. Devastating. Oh, and the worst still. It's like there are a lot of people around the world that, that that's all they'll remember of Matthew Tate is getting smacked. Probably most Welshmen. Yeah. Matthew yeah. Tate, oh, he's the guy that Gavin Henson absolutely annihilated. I mean, fast, fast forward uh, 10 years and Matthew Tate's been, you know, awarded with various prizes for clearing landmines in third world countries and they'll they will still remember <laughs> Gavin Henson and annihilating under his arm yeah. and just like carrying him marching yeah. along back oh, oh, that, oh that's the guy that cured cancer right no no no, no the Gavin Henson guy <laughs> no matter what, what he does it's, it's over one. it's so true and, and the worst part for Kevin O'Brien was ESPN. Do you remember ESPN Classics? I love that. Those. Why don't they keep yeah. doing those? I love those. I think they've run out of like bandwidth like a, on TV or something. Always on a Tuesday afternoon about 2.30pm. Well, his right. game, right, of all the games they could pick, all the hundreds of island games, his game was on continual rotation. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you have, to, you have to have got there to have uh, Exactly to have right, mate. Absolutely. Exactly right. So, there you go. Yeah. There um, we are. So two two away wins. Yes. Now, rather than talking about a game in entirety, I want to talk about one incident, which is which has been the, the people on Twitter have, have been the one that's caused the most discussion. When I on Twitter, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> what a divisive uh, decision causing outrage on Twitter. Uh, actually, I'd say the there's a lot of people arguing equally pa- equally passionately on both sides, which maybe highlights why this is so difficult an area to okay. adjudicate. So let's talk about the red card given to Will Spencer playing for Leicester Tigers. I liked it. I'll tell you why I liked it. I liked it because as soon as I saw the incident, I knew what the decision was. And I think that's how it should be. So now, you, you like it for consistency. Correct. Now, I would like to also watch it and say, I know what the outcome is going to be, and the outcome isn't a red card. But I like the fact that I can now watch Game of Rugby and there's no ambiguity to what the outcome... I mean, I was gutted that he went. Absolutely gutted. He was playing well. Leicester were playing well. It was turning into a good odd scrap. And when he left the field, it didn't ruin the game, but it didn't help it. But But yeah, it definitely did not ruin the game. It was three tries to two to Wasps before the red card. It was two tries to one to Leicester after the red card. From a neutral perspective, uh, it didn't ruin the game. Leicester Tigers fans might... Leicester might say that, but they scored more tries than Wasps with fewer players. And they scored fewer tries than was ten with, minutes with the of that second half was fourteen fourteen as well. I thought it was good officiating, like in the technical sense, which is here's the incident. I could see straight from the from the first second that he got smashed in the face by a shoulder. It's a red card. Yeah. What do you think, Phil? It was contact with the head, shoulder, and I do. I, I'm slightly curious to say to. What would have happened if um, Tommy Taylor. your man Tommy Taylor still had the ball? Because the ball had gone and it was high shot and it was a shoulder to the head. So that that for me is a red card. Yeah. If he still got the ball, does it change it? No, nope. maybe no, not. No, because I think I, it wasn't a late hit. Well, it was, he, it was, he, the, he didn't. The, the he pass didn't had gone, the ball. but he was committed already. He, he was. It was already very committed. different to the Dan Cole one, which should have been a yellow card, yeah. where the ball had gone and. I could feel, yeah. I could feel the pain in Benke's voice. He's like, "But there's a bend in the knees, and there's you know an arch in the back, and whatever it was." Right, the implication being that Will Spence would try to go low, and I think he had. But you're not going to get as low as a guy who's smaller, smaller uh, than you. So, you know, it is what it is. It was so, officiating. So I'm all. I'm a let the voice play advocate. Yeah, yeah. I'm a. Oh, 
we, I won't forget about Cornerstone. Okay. <laughs> Our Cornerstone alarm. We've got a pin in it. We, yeah. We want to make some money. <laughs> <laughs> we want to pay for all this equipment yeah. that is making us melt currently with all the electricity <laughs> in this room at the same time. Um, so I'm a let the boys play advocate. I'm, I'm not as far as someone who just repeats ad nauseum, the game's gone soft, the game's gone soft. The game has changed, however. And yep. I understand the reason for the game changing. I don't particularly like it. As a player, I knew what I signed up for, even from a young age. I knew what playing rugby meant. I knew the physicality that it brought. And I knew that and you know, there'd be black eyes and yeah. broken fingers and yes. and all of that. That's, that so that, that's what I sign up for. So as so long as something as long as the game's played in a certain with a certain honesty of spirit and intent, mm. then I, I would let the boys play a little bit more than currently. However, I understand where we're at, and I think by the letter of the law. I understand why a red card was given. My issue with this whole area is, and I think this was another example of it, I can remember towards the end of last season, I was there, uh, I was watching a game, and it might have even been, no, it was Faf de Klerk, de Klerk playing against England in the summer. You go back and watch. Mm-hmm. He absolutely clocks an England forward in high with the shoulder in the head. And nothing happens. And you, but you get a massive guy, six foot eight, um, Will Spencer, nineteen stone, 19 stone big, who clocks someone boy. high, knocks them back, knocks yeah, them over, and, the, and they always get penalised. But it's not because the damage they do. I'm all for you. For, I'm all for. I'm all with you for consistency. And actually, that's a really great way of putting at it. You like the fact that when you look at that, you say, "I get it." That's that's a red before the red card comes out. You're not surprised when a red card yeah. comes out. However, that will happen ten times a game, which I have an issue with. And when it happens, and it's a little player, a smaller player, on a bigger player, it will it will never get given a red. Because part of the equation is force, right? And big men create more force. Well, uh, so, I, well that, that's, yeah. a, that's a crock of... And I, I'm not sure that force necessarily should be. No, I'm not saying... No, I don't think it necessarily should be either. But that is part of the equation. Now, there was an interesting one, wasn't there, a few years back, with a player going forward, I want to, it was a Harlequins at number eight, a loafer, a loafer, maybe? No, no. that's a winger. Oh, no, um, Matt Luamanu. Matt Luamanu yes. on one of the Exeter, was it Ex- one of the Exeter young lads, I think it was. Yeah, so, you know, he comes in to make a tackle. Um, Luamanu is a huge, monstrous, massively powerful man. They collide. You know, big men create more power. And if part of the equation is force, and big, more big well, men then, will go. Well, then part of the equation should not be force. Yeah. yeah I, I am with taking the force out of it. But then, if you take the force out of it... Then any brush. Then to, any brush. Yeah. Oh, okay. and it, but you've, yeah. you've got to have you've got to have, have some, like, recognition and understanding. So I, I, I'm, I think if, if Faf puts a swinging arm or a shoulder to the head... Even if it doesn't cause some I think damage, intent, I think intent has to be. Well, this is this well, is well, something Spencer dangerous. Spencer didn't intend to no. knock him in the head. No, well, Spencer def not, definitely did not intend to hit him in the head because he knows the consequences. If he did intend to, he's an absolute idiot. Yes, he agreed. did not intend to hit him in the head, and that is that is one of the most disappointing thing about the way that this is dealt with in the media. Uh, that it is repeatedly referred. Commentators die young today actually used the phrase intent. He said, in explaining the decision, he said, well, he didn't have any intent. But intent is... It frustrates me so much. But someone, someone actually got off, didn't they? In a... It was the French... Uh, oh, who well, was it? It was... Benjamin Fowl. It was the Benjamin Fowl incident. Yeah, Benjamin Fowl. Benjamin Fowl got off because on, there was no intent. 
Well, it was one of the reference points for the World Rugby Independent Inquiry oh. about it, which makes it adds even more confusion to an already confusing position. Yeah, well, but you, you know, intention does not come into the laws apart from deliberate knock-on. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, so there is a way that we can sort all this stuff out. Is it your twelve-year-old boy? Um, <laughs> is it twelve-year-old boy? Yeah. So yeah. your twelve-year-old schoolboy in a shipping container instead of a TMO? <laughs> exactly right. Okay. So I've got multiple multiple ways to sort this out. But number one would be to put an excited twelve-year-old boy into a shipping container, <laughs> right? Uh, and then see if he finds the the actions of the players entertaining. And if he does, it's play. Let on. the boys play. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what people want to see. Um, the other thing I'd say is every time a player gets caught in this sort of situation, we send George Smith in so um, yeah. he can somehow yeah. litigate his way out of trouble. Now, have you read the 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 brief bits of transcript? No, Phil, out of this? I haven't. So I've not read the official transcript. I can confirm that. I've read a couple of articles on this. It seems like he just used his kind of charisma and <laughs> a packet of biscuits to get off this because half of the stuff that he was talking about included immediately before and immediately after the contact, which is entirely irrelevant to the contact itself. Yeah. And um, presumably, you know, the the grandson of one of the uh, judges has now got a signed George Smith shirt. Oh, no, I'm yeah. Do you reckon they, they were just like, because <laughs> I don't know who's necessarily on these on, the, on these it's, committees. It's normally, well, Nick Wood was one of them. Was he? Yeah. Um, the, the former Gloucester prop. Okay. Yeah. So they're, they're and, not... and now he's a referee now. Is, is he? he? I thought he was. Just, well, I... He, he was doing. Re- he was being becoming a referee. No, uh, no, he's a referee. I'm pretty, pretty sure. He's doing some... Yeah, because he's like he does not look like a. He was refereeing in the in the sevens preseason sevens. Uh, I think. Okay, I'm going to look this up. I'm he, sure he you was like. No, that's never Nick Wood. Oh my god, it's Nick Wood. He, he's like Nick Wood. <laughs> half Nick Wood. Half of half <laughs> Nick Wood. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. So mm. it's normally a, a couple of ex-players and someone with a legal background who also knows about the game. So I just wonder. I mean. Yeah, I was wondering if George Smith is such a massive presence. You know, it's like trying to, you know, it's like trying to put Dan Carter through a disciplinary or something. Like, you know, they're just starstruck. And then when it, apparently he brought a ball with him, did he not? Yeah. And he's showing, you know, giving you a demonstration. I mean, he probably didn't even speak about what he did. No, and no. also, that's how bad that's how bad the money situation is at Twickenham that you had to take a ball with him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you have a ball here? What? <laughs> Mind you, how often do you go to a rugby club and you ask, does he want to have a ball? And there was just no balls. Ball? Yeah. Up and down the country. What do you want a ball for? Yeah. Up and down the country, this uh, <laughs> this has happened to me. Um, yeah, I think he just spoke generically about the breakdown, like a masterclass. And by the by the end of it, everyone was mes- mes- uh, mesmerised and forgot exactly why they were there. And so he just filled in the form. Exactly. Not guilty. Not guilty. No time to serve. Uh, Off you go. Deserves £10,000 expenses direct from the RFU. Exactly. Yes. So in, in summary with the Will Spencer thing, we all, to a le- greater or lesser degree, are okay with the red card. We have reservations about what that means and how that's implemented across the game as a whole. Because you talked about consistency, and I think what Phil was sort of touching on is that there's inherent inconsistency, firstly because every incident is different. Yeah. Um, and secondly, because things like intent and force are occasionally and not occasionally being taken into account to greater or lesser degrees. Yeah, and it's it's spoken about. So the, that Benjamin Fall incident, I complained repeatedly about it at the time. Um, it does seem to be an, an anomaly. It seems to be a bit of a one-off with that. But my big frustration is the people that are communicating the game, so the broadcasters, 
often use the phrase intent, which means that most people on Twitter who probably aren't as well read up on the laws, kind of, they see frustration and they see it as inconsistency, even when consistency is ultimately being applied. I don't think that helps. That does frustrate me. Mm, agreed. Uh, yeah, well, well. But, so, I think we spoke about that for far too long. Yeah. I- completely ignoring that, there were some very nice bits and very interesting bits out of this game. Uh, which game is this? This is the Wasps Leicester game. Hold hold your thoughts. Tim, make, make me some money. <laughs> cover our costs. Sorry, cover our costs. Cover our costs. If you're, buy, uh, some sh- buy some shoes for JB. Yeah. Firstly, thank you for, for listening. You've chosen to get to this point in the podcast and we very much appreciate it. But to show we appreciate it, we negotiate amazing deals with partners that we think you'll like. One of them, long-time partner of ours, friend of the pod, Cornerstone. So it's a mail-order razor company and you've been in a supermarket and you've seen the choice between the home brand or one of those other brands and always a bit expensive. You're not sure what you're going to get because they're in that plastic casing. You have to bring them home and then it's just all a bit of a much of a muchness. Cornerstone is precision German-engineered razors, award-winning razors. We absolutely love them. And what we love particularly, as well as the six razors that you get in your Cornerstone presentation box, is the weighty, heavy aluminium shaft that you can have engraved with your initials that will stand there on the side Delightful. in the bathroom. It is beautiful. Oh my. What do you have on yours? Uh, J- JB. JD. No. Yeah, JB. <laughs> Not JD. No, JDB. JDB. Jonathan David. David yeah, there you go. So you have it engraved. Perfect present for someone as well. And you could get that because you listen to us for just four quid. Less Amazing. Than, less than the cost of a beer. Get involved, give it a try with no obligation to continue, but we think you'll want to because Cornerstone are brilliant. What you need to do is go to cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers, cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers, or egg tent at checkout. We've not been for a champagne Friday for God knows how <laughs> how long now. You're just so busy, Phil. It's been a while. God. Anyway. So, uh, back to the game. Yes. The positives out of the game. Well, uh, okay. The positives, very, very briefly. Manu. Man- first 20 in particular awesome and then they didn't use him as much but he was kind of wasp were man marking him or double man marking yep. him for the rest of the game that's 380 which, which, minutes which though. then creates yeah it's great it, though it, it, 380 minutes is what he needs first 20 minutes great and then George Ford was smart enough to not use him use him as a decoy and not use him because he attracts so many players to him George Ford right I'm glad because that that's number two George Ford is looking spectacular uh, he, he has really upped his game. Uh, you know how they, whatever was happening in previous administrations there, uh, it's just criminal. It's absolutely criminal. He's so good. I, I can't believe he was so bad for a year. I mean, he wasn't even that bad. Truth be told, he just wasn't up to his standards. Well, hold on. Stop worrying about Matt O'Connor. You should worry about poor Phil, who's <laughs> had him for two years in fantasy rugby with min- moderate production, uh, and then he was generally good, but nothing. Absolutely nothing even close oh, to the on. levels he's achieved the last two Is he weeks. in year three at Leicester now? Is it year two? Uh, year three. Year three. Uh-oh, he's in the Ben Darwin zone. <laughs> he is hitting the Ben Ben Darwin zone. Yeah, there we go. So, yeah, so Phil's had decent production out of him, but nothing, nothing, nothing like the 50-point hauls that George Ford is currently getting in fantasy rugby draft, which only hints at how well he is playing more generally. And I, I, f- I feel the need to, and I'm glad you've, you're beating this drum and you're beating this drum, Phil, and I'm beating this drum because I think 
if you just again listen to Twitter, you would think that the shoe in and the only choice for Eddie Jones at fly half is Danny Cipriani. And as well as he's playing, I'm I'm not having this lack of conversation about this because George Ford is playing out of his skin. George Ford is amazing. I, and he, Farrell is <laughs> injured. What, what, well. No, he's one of the best tens in the world and has been for some time. Right, Lions tour selection tomorrow. George Ford, Danny Cipriani, neither of them get on the plane. Interesting. Hold I, that. I would be tempted with Ford. and I, I was tempted in uh, 2017 with Ford because I, I, I really mm. do rate oh, him. I mean, when he's playing like he is now, there's no question. I mean, there's, him and Sippers are like 1A and 1B. I, I don't, but who, who, that's slightly who, different. Who is your three for a Lions tour tomorrow? Because Farrell and Sexton are oh Sexton no brainers. Farrell, Sexton, bigger. Um, Finn Russell, Finn Russell. I'd go with those four, and then you got Farrell as a twelve so, option. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I kind of would weasel out of it and pick the two English lads, and which two English lads? Uh, Ford, Sippers, and Sexton, right? and then have, have Farrell as a twelve. Yeah, I'd weasel out of it. So no like bigger, that. no no Farrell bigger, no Finn Russell as twelve. No, but I'd take him as a twelve. No damn bigger. <laughs> In alliance, I think right. It's very difficult to pick players who aren't playing well at their club, and yeah, he's playing all right. But moving clubs is tricky for anyone, particularly a fly hot. But you're you're the biggest advocate of damn bigger. The bigger, ignore the small games. The bigger the stage, (laughs) the bigger the performer. It's so true, though, isn't it? I mean, (laughs) you have to wait for him in like in the autumns. You're tying yourselves up in knots. Yeah, I don't know. The answer is I don't know. The way they're playing, yeah, Sippers and Ford are ace. Now, did anyone pick up on something which? Uh, Ford said in the pre-match interview with Nick Mullins, the other pre-recorded one. No, did, did, did you see it? I, I I watched the game. I didn't watch that. I, I didn't watch that piece at the time. Yeah, no. I think Nick asked him something along the lines of, "What's the big difference?" or something like that. And he said, "The coach listens." And then he quickly said, uh, "Not that the others didn't listen, <laughs> but like." And I thought it was really interesting because. I, part of him playing well, I think, is basically more trust in him and and his ability. If you've got a player like that, and that's why Cipriani's doing so well, I think, um, and he did well at Wasps too, is because they gave him freedom to freedom to do things. I think what they were previously asking Ford to do was basically play in some sort of system, and he's not that guy really. From from what I've seen, and I, I don't watch every Leicester game intently closely, but previously, it felt like he was given no freedom to run. So yeah. Now, now he was given the the two options, which is immediately pass or kick. Now he's got the third option, which is run, which is one of the things he does best. And when you add that, and you've got those three options, he is such a good, intelligent decision maker. Yeah. That I would I would back him kind of seven, eight times out of ten, which is a very high rate as a ten to choose the right option. Well, I mean, how bad would Bowden Barrett be if the only thing he could do is pass the ball? He'd still be pretty good. Stand and pass. Yeah, stand and pass. I mean, he still would be pretty good, actually. But He'd be pretty good, but you're you're taking what creates space for others away from him. So it's like the old NFL thing, isn't it? You run the ball in in order to pass it. Yeah, and that's what flyoffs need need to do. They need to have a threat of doing everything. You need a threat of it, yeah. Yeah. Triple threat. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And Ford has that. Well, the third positive out of this game, again from an England perspective, Nathan Hughes. Nathan yeah, Hughes, yeah, very good. really good game, really good game. And I'm, am I happy to have him in my fantasy? Oh, here we go. <laughs> so Nathan Nathan Hughes had a very good game. De Jong and Bassett had very good games yeah. as well. De Jong's feet for that try was sensational. Yeah, the, that really the, was. The most astonishing thing about that whole thing 
we've spoke before about the the Spencer high tackle and the kind of the implication from that is you're making the game safer because of concussions. De Jong immediately after scoring that try went off for a HIA, which he failed. Did so he, he dotted the, he dotted the ball down. He then got taken off. So he did that. Was his dive for the try that powerful? That or, well, it's either that or he did that whole thing while concussed. Concussed, which is a. Do you know what? Which I think we, if if that is the case. High shots all round. <laughs> if your guys, if your guys are running in forty-yard tries, beating four defenders, and going under the post while concussed, maybe maybe we need to do some trials with more concussions. That's a great idea. Bearing, bearing in mind that, that there has been um, incidents of people taking small snippets of our podcast completely out of context, <laughs> we should probably just point out Phil was I'm, jesting. <laughs> He's not advocating de- head injuries. I'm, well. Until the science is proven, Tim, <laughs> until you can show it's definitely bad, and it it did not contribute to De Jong scoring that forty-yard amazing. <laughs> but what if try. it did contribute? Well, then it's what, a trade. What, what if it did, what if it just freed him up? You know, b- before he had fears, you know, fears <laughs> and trepidation. Quick shots of the head. He's playing <laughs> nice and freely. I am, of course, of course, joking. Oh, do you know who else finds concussion hilarious? Charlie Sharples. <laughs> that was actually that was very very funny, but I actually because I I'm jesting. I do think concussion is a very very serious, very serious, very serious. Very serious. I do love that he he made that joke. I, I, it made me laugh out loud. I, I really like that he made it, and I really like that he immediately like corrected himself. So I can't remember what did he say. What did Charlie uh, Charlie Sharples being interviewed after Gloucester's win? Yeah, it was, it was so a headshot. Sa- Sarah Elgin said something like. So we were surprised to see, it's amazing to see you scoring two tries, playing so well, especially oh, yeah, after after last week. Last week, and he said, "Why? What happened last week?" <laughs> <laughs> Banter! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I that, did, that, well, that's another that's another case, isn't it? You know, quick shot to the head, two tries. So correlation isn't causation. Yeah, and in all seriousness, so I've not read the full article, but I saw the headline of the Dominic Ryan. Uh, retirement oh, yeah. through concussion. I'm glad you brought that up. I'd forgotten. I've not, I've not even heard of this. Dominic Ryan, Leinster, yeah, Leicester, yeah. Uh, back row, sustained head injury last year and spent the best part of 12 months trying to recover from it, was unable to and had to retire over the summer, which is exactly the same as Jared Payne, who suffered a head injury in uh, the, on the Lions tour. Alistair Hargreaves has been another one. Yeah. yeah. So... Players react in very different ways, yeah. um, and you you saw Charlie Sharples last week and thought, "Oh dear." Yeah, but um, just goes to show. Hmm. Yeah, so it, it is it is very serious business, and it yeah. is it is being looked at in the right way, I think, overall. And just looping round and not, but what not want to get bogged down in it is why we can all understand the att- attempt to lower the tackle height. But, Ab- absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> back to fly halves then. Yeah. Uh, do you think Ford is now pole position? Over Sippers or Sippers over Ford? I, or Sippers just got more work to do because he, he's not established? I, for me, I, th- I think Eddie Jones will go. He's He's got a lot more game tape on Ford. He likes him. He seems to like him a lot more and do, he's playing well. And, so uh, I would. I think you would go with Ford. Do you know the other thing about the Fords as well? Which I, it's, it might be something obvious to say. But they actually like rugby. As in, they are rugby oh, noses. Yeah. So anyone you speak to about George and... 
and Joe growing up will just tell you their whole life has been rugby. They love rugby. When when you go go for a coffee with them, they're talking about rugby. They go for a family meal with with their dad, and they're talking rugby. Yeah, you know they've got incredibly high uh, rugby IQs. So, what's the implication there when you in reference to uh, Cipriani? Uh, well, I guess the implication is obviously Cipriani is an amazing player. But I think coaches like guys who absolutely love like love the game, love talking about it, always um, always enthusiastic. Undoubtedly, Cipriani is those things. But is he at that level at the forwards? Well, he's also the last guy to have worn the shirt, which and, is a, yeah, and delivered. A, and he know, got a win with Johnny with Johnny May, who had a huge part to play in that, but delivered the, the winning moment in South Africa. I wonder. You did right if it's not a coincidence that Ford is playing well as Cipriani starts to play well. So. It's an interesting point because competition for the jersey does push people on. Yeah. You, there, there's no way you can rest on your laurels. Th- that's true. However, I don't think... I don't think you would... Exactly like you said, George Ford... Well, all their life is rugby. I don't, I don't think George Ford or Danny Cipriani need the other person to be motivated. I think it's that spectre of a World Cup a year away. This is a massive uh, season. Look at Henry Slade. I mean... Playing out of his skin for Exeter, he is two, yeah. two. You, George Ford and Henry Slade have had two amazing weeks. Yeah, do you, it, something which I was watching Cipriani do a lot. I, I know Flyhoffs do it all the time now, and it made me thought think of Slade as well. Off first phase ball, he's not always the fly half. So you'll see us all the time. I think Saracens do it quite a lot with Brad Barrett. You know, effectively that pass from first phase is basically a, waste, a wasted phase because. Well, everyone's pass, lined up. You and, pass to a forward. Yeah, the forward will have someone coming on a short line, and then the ten out the back. Yes, as a very short pass. So the ten is taking it a little bit deeper, but moving. Yeah, and moving wider with then options outside him. Yeah, so then your ten can basically set up matchups with you know options either side of him. Blah blah yeah. blah 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 blah. Right. So if you've got if you've got someone like Slade, who was a fly half to start with, playing at thirteen, that must be absolutely lethal because you can do that naturally. Does that make sense? Mm. It it does make sense if if you're going to use it that way, um, and it's it's interesting that um, Exeter are playing with two kind of ball players in Devoto and Slade, who <sighs> both played ten. Yeah, they have, and they're both. Oh, that 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 team is ridiculous now. That team well, is amazing. Uh, Exeter had nine changes. Yeah, two of which enforced. were two thirds of their back row enforced with illness on the on the day of the game. Yeah. To the, po- to the point where they had a couple of guys who were on loan at Cornish Pirates last year in their back row, and they still, although Sale made it hard work, but they still steamrolled, got another full maximum of oh, five points. They hammered them. Let's, let's, not, let's not be shy, shy about this. Well, they it was, so it was even at half-time, but anyway, the second half was one. But nine changes, and you look at the guys that weren't involved in that exercise, they are, they, yeah. are, they mean some, business. They've got some serious depth. And depth right across the board as well, because like if you look at those two centres, Slade and Devoto, mm. you could very easily slot in Hill, Hill, Witten, Witten, and Campagnaro. And yeah, so you got five like basically close to international. Caliber. James James Short, okay, lethal assassin James Short was on the bench for Exeter Braves on Monday. <laughs> he's like fifth choice, and it, but when he plays, he's. He's yeah, amazing, he's and I wonder if he's amazing because he's basically treated like you know an Irish international with the amount of game time that he has. <laughs> and also, right, Exeter have got had some serious injury issues at lock 
Uh, you know how the orcs are born in Lord of the Rings? Oh, yeah. yeah just like out that. the ground, just pull another one out. That's, uh, that's what they're doing with locks it's in a, Devon. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> I just think they're so well coached. I mean, it's the system, it's the coaching, yeah. everyone knowing what the absolute basics that they need to do and, tr- and trusting them to play as well. I mean, I, I mean, going back to Leicester, I think that's one of the big problems Leicester have or had in the Musso Corner is they didn't trust anyone down... You know, down into the squad to play. Look at what Jordan Murphy did today with all the with all those young boys. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah I, I, I love that. So yeah, good. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Fairly regulation win for Exeter at home to Sale. Yep. Sale, who put up a decent fight for kind of 60 minutes. Yeah, it's not enough if you want to finish top four, though, is it? Uh, well, it, it's it's just about that and the and Allianz are the two hardest places to go. Yeah. Sunday Park and Allianz. Um, just just want to... I just thought I should mention in the conversation about fly halves, Adam Hastings. Just mention him. As uh, a, like, he's totally bossing it at, at Glasgow. Two man of the match weekends in, in two games. This is after losing Finn Russell. Yeah, you sort so of think, like, is... Glasgow... Oh, we're losing Finn Russell, and we're getting Adam. Hate. We're getting the third, the third, third or choice fourth choice Bath, Bath fly half. Well, it yeah. just shows, isn't it? It's all about opportunity, you know. And Finn Russell going, obviously, it was the end of the world. But it's not really, is it? Because someone else will step up and give give them enough game time, and they'll be all right. Because that Glasgow team is incredibly well coached. Yeah, it's a great, great setup, sy- great system. You know, great I, I actually watched that game. I just remember now. I watched that game. I came in uh, last night. Rather intoxicated with a chicken burger, and I watched nice the whole the whole of that game. Is there anything better than watching Glasgow Gla- hammer cheetahs with a chicken burger? I cannot remember. And cheetahs who were winning at half time as well. I remember it being quite back and forth in the first half. Yeah, the cheetahs were nineteen fourteen up at half time. Mm. So yeah, um, another pro pro fourteen. I still want to say pro twelve, even when I've got it in front of me. Um, another pro fourteen result. Partly because of the team that was put out, Leinster and Dragons, 52-10. And it was not quite a full-strength Leinster team. It was a good Leinster team. It was not far off. No, it was was not far off. Tasty team, that. It was very, very close to being absolute full-strength. They've just got a lot of work. Including Sexton, the Carney boys, Henshaw, Ringrose and Lama. In the back line, yeah. It, playing, I mean, playing Leinster is a little bit like Russian roulette, um, as in in the Pro 14, you simply do not know which. To, well, it's kind of like playing Russian roulette, except you're always going to get shot. Yeah. It's, just, it's yeah. how powerfully you're going to get shot. <laughs> I, I think that's the best way, best way to describe it. Yeah, it does demonstrate though, like the amount of work that Dragons have got to do. Yeah, and they're, they're you know they're doing the right things. They're progressing nicely. Well, they're progressing. 
Yeah, but so I mean everything. Everything in that club has to be redone. Like like they literally need to rebuild the gym. They literally need to uh, re, uh, like re, uh, relay the pitch and have somewhere to train. This, it's not just a case of buying players. The whole thing needs a complete overhaul. Did you see from that game? I think it's the only highlight I've actually seen. The um, Jordan Williams try. Oh my word! What a try! Step Jordan Williams gassed. played right. He played Jordan- for Bristol last year. Yes, he did. He was like the great hope for Welsh rugby it, because of the was it 2012 or 13 World uh, Cup under, under he was World Cup where he was just phenomenal. He's had a few years in the wilderness. I think he was on the books of Murder for a few weeks at least. <laughs> yeah. In fact, he was playing for Murder in the Welsh Prem, I believe, until he's picked up by Bristol. The try he scored. I'll see if I can get it up now. I've got it here. Oh no, no I don't. Here we go. It was ridiculous. Here you go, JB. Let me just wind that back to the start. Joey Carberry got a try on his first Make start for Monster as well. Yeah. Starting at Jay, fly half. Here's, here's the try. Okay. So that is Dragon's uh, own 10 metre line. Dragon's, a little bit shallow, nice little step. Step. Turns on, turns gas. on the gas. Step. More feet, more step. gas. Oh, step more again. More feet. Very nice. Very nice. And in your pride, Ulsterman, Phil. Yes. Three from three. Three from three. Uh, the only team in the Pro 14 not to have achieved a bonus point. Well, at least but, you've got three from three. But three from three, I would take that ahead of bonus points, but not scoring tries. Not scoring tries in the, the two more difficult games at the start. Hey, it's... Okay. But not scoring tries to the Southern Kings, not getting a four-try bonus point is disappointing. Yeah, but it's like the striker that's not playing well and still scoring goals. Yeah, it is like, yeah, um, a few years ago under Sir Alex Ferguson when United would just continually play terribly but sneak a 1-0 win. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it's not going to be like that where they pick up any uh, any titles. They're, they are going to come undone. Uh, the, the Pro 14 has, has had some venture capitalists sniffing around now as well. Has it? This week, the really? Premiership rejected that initial offer. It could well be subject to more discussions. But now, apparently, there are venture capitalists uh, circling around the Pro 14, quite interested in it. Mm. I think what the, what the two of those things might tell us, Premiership and Pro 14, is that there's clearly some value to be made out of these products. Mm, completely right. That, it, that isn't being I mean, if you, currently made. I mean, Whatever if you, you think about the whys and wherefores and, and Well, I mean, even if you just bought it and sold all of the Irish players to French clubs, you'd, you'd probably turn <laughs> you'd probably turn it to the profit. <laughs> just liquidate it. Yeah, just liquidate the whole thing. Yeah, you'd turn <laughs> the profit, sure. I reckon Johnny Sexton was listening to this podcast. Hi, Johnny. Um, last Monday morning, I thought, right, I've had enough of this. Knocked on Leo Cullen's door. Leo, I want to play. But you know they did this. I want to shut these boys up. Got to play. Yeah, a few a few years ago, it literally was a few years ago. It was Leinster Munster, like New Year's Day or Boxing Day or something. I sat down to watch it. Like this is going to be amazing, Um, you know, because it's two amazing teams playing an amazing game. Like the crowds will be out. The crowds are out. Everyone's back home for um, you know uh, uh, for Christmas. Blah 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 blah. And Leinster rock up with the second team. And the people go mental at me because it's not a second team. Look at the internationals. No, it's, if they're not your best players, it's a second team. The week after, they went to Treviso and put out a first team. <laughs> and I just don't get it. It's well, because they take your beloved Benetton very seriously. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, well, Zebre this, this week got the win for Italy. Um, but on that, I suppose you can say Leinster have done so much work with their academy, yeah. with their coaching setup, their uh, player pathway development. 
with players into the first team that they've earned the right to be able to put out quote unquote a second team, which still goes on and wins anyway. Yeah, and, but- it's, and it's still got dozens, if not hundreds, of international caps <laughs> yeah. in, in a lot of instances. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, watch out for a lad, by the way, uh, Treviso. Bram Stein. He's a very, 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 very good South African. It sounds Italian. Yeah. Through and through. I don't know if he... Is he qualified to play for Italy yet? He might even play. Tell you who is. Jake Pelledri. Yes. Cap by Italy. Now, quite a few people have said, and in fact, even on our Fantasy Rugby Draft WhatsApp group, it's like, oh, England missed a trick, uh, not a cap. Well, they did and they didn't. Well, they did and they didn't, but Jake Pelledri opted for Italy under-20s knowing that it was the capture team and um, very happy and proud to declare himself um, Italian. Yeah, Jake Pledry might go on to win 100 caps for Italy. He's not going to do that for England. He might get 50 caps or 20 caps. He might might get a handful, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've got lads like Don Armand who don't get get selected. That's not the point though, is it? I think, no, my point was saying he's actually done it because that's um, the nation with he like wants to... a, with like a, a bit of um, hunger in his heart for it. Yeah. Like Lawrence Delaglio seriously considered playing for Italy because he was very very proud of his Italian heritage. Until yo, you know, I'm doing the many sign with my hands. <laughs> no, he's English. That's why he wanted to yeah, play for England because yeah. that's his country. Um, but anyway, yeah. What what a he had, about, he had a phenomenal he, game. He's, a, he's an absolute animal. So strong. I can I can remember him as a kid because I, I I had a um, a season when I was working in Bristol and I just moved away. For, I couldn't get back um, back and forth. Uh, where was I? Oh yeah, I just started teaching in Bristol and I was working and I went to St Mary's Old Boys Rugby Club where Pete Paledri, the Bristol legend, um, was coach. Yes, and um, and I can remember his lad. I didn't know. I didn't know he was called Jake, or I just remember him being there on match days quite often in, in the rug, at the rugby club. But yeah, he was a kid. Was he yeah, like that's knocking, when you know. You know, just, you go just playing around, accidentally knocks the posts over. <laughs> yeah, run through a brick wall. <laughs> yeah, catches the ball, bursts it. Yeah, those sort of things. <laughs> uh, but uh, he's an animal. Yeah, very good player. Phenomenal. Uh, Gloucester are in, a, are in a good place. And Ludlow looked good as well. I love yeah. Ludlow. I mean, people don't talk about him enough. He's hard. And well, he that, t- I mean, that between back the two of them. Yeah, great balance. The the, th- the three of them, and then bring in so Ben Morgan and Freddie Clark, who's another phenomenally strong, pheno- absolutely phenomenally strong carrier. Freddie Cl- Freddie Freddie Clark. Yeah, it doesn't actually seem that bad that they let go Moriarty now. No, no, because they wanted to keep him. Yeah, but I wonder if letting Moriarty go kind of gave him a little bit more cash to get the sippers on board and all the rest of it. Yeah. Creel, Mustard, oh, who we haven't God. even yeah, seen yeah, Creel. yet. Creel, yeah. God, they're, yeah, they're, they're going places. I don't know. And Char- I mean, Charlie Sharple's concussion, uh, aiding this or not, yes, the science ultimately will tell. Um, if I have my way, but he's back to his best. If, I feel like Charlie Sharple's has not played this well no. for. I've had four him in my five years. I've had him in my fantasy rugby draft team for the last two seasons. It's much like you with George yeah. Hoyt, and he's been all right. He's like a ten point a game kind of guy. Now he's turned into a is a different tw- not twenty five thirty point a game. Yeah. Yeah. Not talking about him again, but is the difference Cipriani? Um, I think it's more than that. that I think that, it's that's more a dominant that. dominant yeah. pack. I think Val the- Rapava Ruskin's fit and playing. They missed him all last season. Fraser Mount Balmain is fit and playing. They missed him all last season. Between those two, they played seven matches. Yeah, and, and Leicester, Leicester fans really rated Balmain when he's there. And I, I think the the real thing is Ackerman, who's yeah. had a full full year pre-season. and a full preseason. He arrived late last year. Yeah, uh, and the players uh, love him. Absolutely, yeah, the players love him. Love he's him. got all of his systems in place now. 
He's been given free reign. I mean, just got look some at gnarly, that nasty pack. guys. And that Ed yeah, Slater, that just Skirbrant yeah. Grobbler. I tell you what, yeah. that is nasty. That nasty is the signing in a great way. That is the signing. I mean, there's very <laughs> rarely win-win signings. But Ed Slater going go, go into Gloucester. Uh, Johnny May go go into Tigers. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't think that's a win-win. Oh no, if you keep Johnny May in that Gloucester team, he's awesome. I'm not saying uh, he is awesome. I right? love Ed Slater, but Ed, so. but Ed Slater is the captain. You know. That, that he sets the tone. Now, is he as naturally gifted as a rugby player as Johnny May? No, of course he's not. But Johnny May, with all of his talents out wide, is probably not as valuable to Gloucester as Ed Slater setting the tone up front. That, that's I, what I would I, say. So I, I can see the win-win argument. So Gloucester would undoubtedly be better if they had Ed Slater and Johnny May. Yeah, of course they would. But that, that un- wasn't on the un- table. Yeah, yeah. that was mm. impossible for them to have. And the, the pack... Gloucester's pack for, for years and years and years has been amazing on paper. Yeah. And then you get them out there and they just. And, they, they just and when they were together. great, Vickery, yeah. Woodman, um, uh, who's the, um, the the hooker who's now uh, he's now a coach uh, Jan in something. France. Not Yannick Brew. Um, no, 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 no. Um, not not uh, the Argentinian guy. No, or is he French? French. Yannick Brew. With, with, the, with, the beard, with the goatee oh, beard. No, we were thinking He's a coach of? now. Yannick. Oh. Uh, also, oh, I know exactly who you mean. Strong, uh, Olivier Azam. Olivier Azam. There you go. <laughs> Those that? kind of cat. And then you had guys like Pete Buxton, just absolute mutes. Yeah. Sorry. Local local bloke mute and Alex Brown and uh, yeah, just some nasty pieces of work. Andy Hazel, open side. Yeah. So it feels like they've got that real hard edge, and that's a massive part of why Cipriani's playing well and come in and fit yeah. in seamlessly. That's a massive part of why. Charlie Sharples is getting time and space. But just to develop my Ed Slater point, just a, one, one tiny bit, bit more. A lot of chat today was about um, Skinner. Start, was it Skinner? Slater? Skinner? Who's the guy starting for? who got red carded today? Spencer. 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 Uh, that's the boy. Yeah, gnarly second row. That's what they'd be missing. Well, yeah, you gave, you gave him to Gloucester. <laughs> to, you know, <laughs> to, get, to get Johnny May, admittedly. He, yes. So, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just, just saying. That's all. Just saying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So yeah, good win for Gloucester. Um, slightly worrying for Bristol. They did some, they did some good things early on. Yeah, but they big time ran out of steam second yeah. half. That, that's exactly that is exactly what happened. Well, like they're just not fit enough to play that way well, all the time. Well, yes, exactly. But also, and I don't want to, I don't want to talk it down because I love it so much the way that Bristol play, but. Is it also just kamikaze yeah. in not a good way? No, I well, don't think it is, actually. Well, so first half, it, I think it's really interesting. So first half, Gloucester, when we spoke about this a few weeks ago following the Russell Earnshaw uh, Rugby Dungeon podcast, yeah. which is definitely w- worth going back and listening to, inside your own 22 is a very good place to attack, but not all the time. Because if you do it all the time, so it's good places to attack because the defence aren't expecting it. They've the got wing, three the men deep. Yeah. yeah. There is there is space. So they did it well in the first half. But if that's the only thing you're gonna do, you no longer have two wingers back. Yeah. There was times in that second half, and the commentators were even referencing it, saying, There's only Woodward back. There is everyone is up. Mm. So there is no space and Gloucester are fully expecting it. And yet Bristol kept banging their head against the door. It's like they, they weren't recognising it and learning it. It's like they only had 
one blueprint for how to play and they'll play it until it kills them, which it did. Which links to exactly what we were saying earlier about George Ford. Now he seems to have had his running game unleashed. Yeah. Defences have to worry about that, which creates more space for Manu. Or if they worry too much about Manu, he's going to take advantage of that space. (laughs) It's it's, it's the same principle, isn't it, with Bristol? Yeah. Their yeah. attacking blueprint. Absolutely, uh, and they need to recognise it. The the bit, the, the thing that makes Ford so good is his ability to recognise where the space is and use it, make the the decision and use it. Bristol just did not recognise, and they were there was times where they were playing ten, twelve, fifteen phases inside their own twenty two, and they just eventually ran out of steam mm. and knocked on and turned the ball over in its prime. And they don't. Ball. They tell you what they don't have the death the depth on the bench to come on and continue with that quality. No. I mean, it's really difficult. That said, I don't believe it's Kamikaze because they're going to have to do something different. London Irish came up last year and tried to beat teams by being a team just like any other, you know, normal normal rugby. No, that's not what happened with London Irish. What happened with London Irish uh, was Tom Coventry came in and tried to say, we're going to play super rugby. Ah, yes, okay. And so this is two or three years, now, years ago now. Three years ago now. Yeah. So, so the, the difference being, he's actually so Tom Coventry and what Pat Lamb is doing is actually relatively similar in terms of what their initial intention was. Difference being, Tom Coventry did that and thought he could get that happening between June and September. Pat Lamb's had a couple of years now and had a year in the championship of working on this blueprint and this plan. So if people are all right, okay, we know what we're doing. We know how to do it. So that's why it's being more effective than London Irish were. London Irish got it handed to them early. They won that first opening game against Harlequins at Twickenham. And then they got it handed to them. And then the winter kicked in. And then they tried to change and play a more balanced approach. But the damage had been done. So uh, just talking to people around that time, actually opposition players who played against uh, London Irish, the feedback was basically the same, which is they kind of ran out of ideas uh, like three phases in, like they had the first three phases relatively locked, locked down, and then the, then they'd run out of ideas. I also interviewed um, Matt Simmons or Simons, Simmons, Simmons, yeah. uh, and he was kind of saying that it was good. It was good blueprint. It's not dissimilar to say how wasps play with you yep. know a lack of structure, but maybe they didn't have the players in place to mm. to do it at that time. Or maybe, you know, more to the point, maybe the transition was too great too soon. Yeah, it was too much. I think Tom Coventry came in with his uh, coaches from the Highlanders. Where, where was he? Where did he come from? Sorry, the Coventry. Uh, no, he came from Chiefs. He was, Chiefs. He was uh, under, Blues, no. No, Chiefs and Chiefs, uh, yes. what's his name? Yes, um, that's right. He Dave Rennie. Yes, so he came from the Chiefs and uh, he came with his other coaches from the Chiefs and straight away they went, we're changing everything, turning it upside down. But I, I, yeah. and, and expecting that to work in the, as it was then, Aviva Premiership um, straight away. And it, and it doesn't. And I think the difference is where, where Bristol will pick up wins with this is because their home grounds are going to be pretty formidable places yeah. to go for any team. And they've been doing it for long enough that actually they're all understand and know the system. It's just the system is flawed but it, it was some of the time. It, it did win if, a Pro well, 14 title. I mean, Scarlets always play nice rugby, no matter what. I'm not saying it's exactly the same, but they do always play ni- nice rugby, whether it be Gale Force wins. But they, they were, so Scarlets and Connacht, they would have recognised there was times there where they were just being completely suffocated because there's 14 men in the defensive line inside their own 22. That 
they would not, Scarlets would not try and run it in those situations. They would pick their time. And Bristol aren't playing Benetton circa 2012. (laughs) (laughs) What? That was a classic year? (laughs) Um, Yeah. I I think they're going to pick up more wins. And I'll tell you what else that they do is they make teams make stupid decisions. Bath were basically completely fooled by Bristol opening game. Completely fooled. Um, Gloucester... Uh, when what, what did they, were they drawing or were they behind at half time? I mean, there wasn't much. In, no, not no, in it. No, it was very, very close at half time. But it, and it they would... and they handed over four penalties, four kickable penal, penalties. They went for scrums. I'm like this is ridiculous. I well, mean, they should be. One other thing that particularly killed Bristol in this game. So we said New Zealand gave away three penalties in their game against South Africa. Bristol gave away seventeen against Gloucester. Mm. Of which six were George Smith. Yeah. And I, I actually, I've been watching George Smith. So I actually think he's getting hard done by, by I referees. Said this, I said yeah. this in week I think one. Been, yeah. yeah, there was one. I said that in week one. There's, there's been a few. There's a few that are 50-50 calls and they all seem to be going it, against it, him. Is this because they want him to show up at a disciplinary? <laughs> Maybe. It, it's an incentive. Maybe. Is it? They want the audience with George. With George they, yeah, Smith. they want an audience, but they want. He's so charismatic. He's so uh, so engaging. I want Red, to get off. spend some more time with him. <laughs> so yeah, um, that yeah. will kill. So from from one uh, Southern Hemisphere coach. Oh, sorry, sorry. Who's struggling? Five points. Oh. If you can tell me where Tom Coventry is coaching now. I'm going to guess for the. In Waikato at the Mitre Ten side, Ooh. it probably is. It probably is Mitre Ten. It might be Japan. It might be something like um, a school, Be- Beyond Pro de Deux or something like that. I can't imagine Tom Coventry's style of rugby going down well at all in Pro de Deux. At all? No, no um, not at I mean, all. Fascinating, a, a fascinating be... experiment. <laughs> yeah. um, just teaching a, a team full of Georgians to uh, to, to play Super Rugby. Uh, no, he's actually at New Harbour. So, Tim, uh, you, you, you have three yeah. points for that. All right, thank you. Uh, well, what about this? Have you seen um, James O'Connor's very excited about being nearly back fit? I have seen his uh, Instagram? rambling Instagram post. Let me just oh. read one. His destiny. James O'Connor says... Coming to the end of my training camp in Iceland has been a humbling and truly enlightening experience. <laughs> I've been pushed into some very uncomfortable situations by at Save Your World through the use of sensory deprivation, heat exhaustion and deep states of meditation. My reaction to each stimulus has forced me to face myself and my darkness in a way that I've never felt before. I now know who I was, but more importantly, uh, I now see who I must become. It's time for me to share my truth. I have a deep desire to play for the Wallabies again. I have learnt from my mistakes and I am now ready. Ready to bleed green and gold. Ready to bleed for my brothers. Ready to bleed for the people. I will be back playing in October and I will have my eye firmly on the World Cup. I will not let myself or anyone down again. Time to shine. Oh. My. God. There's lots of... Okay, so if you read (laughs) the first part of it, right, before it goes on about the Wallabies, that could be the opening sequence of (laughs) He-Man. Um, I, I, I just, I, 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 I what to say? Well, that sounds really positive. Yeah, no, no, it doesn't. Well, it, no, no, it sounds like a guy who, who is trying to take control of things yeah. and recognizes, and everyone, like he's actually, he's actually going. Basically, I, I could, that whole set, that whole sentence could be summarized into, "God, I was a bit of a dick. <laughs> I did some really, I did some really stupid things, oh, and." No. Um, 
The pro- the problem is, it's yeah, it's recognizing that a bit of a dick in the past. I'm also, I'm also have been. Oh yeah, let's absolutely. Not judge. God, I oh, have and been, I'm, and I'm, I'm. I'd be so off the rails. And I'm, yeah, yeah and I'm, so off the rails. And there's times when all three of us are still dicks right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, guilty. But it's it's like saying I was a. Di- I know I was a dick in the past, but I'm going to prove to you how much of a dick I'm not now. By being an absolute dick. Yeah. Is there, is there, is there, is there, is there I mean, there are different types of dick. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They're very, very different. So but say, I, I do, I genuinely, yeah. so he is a very, very talented player. Yes, absolutely. And Fine athlete. Some, some of his best highlights for the Wallabies are <laughs> amazing. Think, do you think he had to go to Iceland because he couldn't swing the rehab trip to Ibiza? <laughs> like, no one would possibly believe he's going to rehab in Ibiza, so he's got to go to Iceland. After four days at Ocean Beach Club, <laughs> drinking Grey Goose from yeah. the bottle, I've, I've found what I need to become. Right. Substitute. Iceland for Ibiza and all of a sudden he sounds like an absolute dick again he's, like, he's hammered I don't know what he's doing out there um, I'm, 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 I've actually met James O'Connor a fair, fair few times at sale. he's an incredibly nice he's guy he's a lovely charming a, he really, really is really good bloke I, I, I hope that I hope this is just him about, about to kick on I think it explains his hair growing out though because I've looked it's into very this, long at the moment I've looked into the, the saviour world they have lots of products that they sell <laughs> Lots of hair products. Um, no, no. So it's um, health products and motivation for men joining the male revolution. Um, oh, stop reading this to me. Conscious, I, I, conscious, I, conscious content for the awakening man. There's I'm going to tell you right now. On their website, warrior I, training for the modern man. It's I lot- like I like James O'Connor an awful lot personally. Please stop reading that because I'm going to stop liking him. <laughs> no, I, I can't I, do that. There's no reason to stop liking, him, but I believe. Well, that, warrior training for the modern man. I, uh, <laughs> I believe that the. Growing the hair has something to do with the, the. the I, I believe yeah, the, the hair growing has something to do with the savior world process. Oh, Interesting, righto, righto. Okay, well, yeah. So <laughs> we'll, we'll watch this keenly. So we were talking about well, two uh, Southern Hemisphere coaches before. Now we've been talking about a Southern Hemisphere potential future player. Let's talk about another Southern Hemisphere coach who has received some stick in the past, but who got a tremendous win this weekend away at Harlequins. Yes. Blackadder and Bath. Absolutely. So I had an inkling after the Bristol loss that there might be something in what Bath are doing. There might be some method in the madness. Establish this power game and then open it up up a bit. Got a draw against Gloucester, which looking back at it, it might be a really, really good result. T- towards the end of the season, that might be a very, yeah. very good result, yeah. But I tell you what, towards the end of the season, Bath could be the team to beat. I- I- I'm deadly serious. They are so powerful, and you know, I laughed as much as the next person when I found out, A, how much they were going to pay, allegedly pay Joe Cognacinga, uh, and B, that they're, they're exchanging ben- Benny Taps for Jamie Roberts for the doctor I thought this is this is insanity no I, I am the one that's insane because it worked beautifully master plan yeah it, brilliant it, it, yeah master stroke and to think that they could rest Falatau yeah and still put on that kind of show that kind of performance in a game that would have been so perfect for Falatau to be playing the full 80 minutes and they didn't need him no that that was phenomenal and oh, I mean, uh, is Fra- where is Francois Lowe? Um, he was on the bench for South Africa. 
Was he? Well, that's probably why he wasn't involved. <laughs> yeah. But he wasn't involved when he was actually at Bath. They, they put him on the bench. They've got options in that back row. Goodness lot, me. Lots of options. I mean, this Underhill, who just... Bangs works, everything. Works, yeah, works phenomenally hard. Hits every rook, hits everything moving. Uh, we need to talk about this, though, because you just mentioned Zach Mercer there. Oh, the step. I mean, he looks like... Well, the step. He looks like an England number eight of the future, doesn't he? He's, uh, uh, do you he's, know- he's, he's getting into that position more and more. And he's still only young, but... The an- his try the other day that he where he carried three men over the line. The answer's no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have you seen so the- so I've so what I've just shown JB and Phil is the Twitter try celebration videos that a lot of clubs are doing, Bath yeah. included. With Zach Mercer's, what type of hat is he wearing? He's pulling a party popper. Is it a sombrero of some sort? It does look it like, looks a, like sombrero. a sombrero. So not wanting to offend anyone culturally if that's a different type of hat, but Zach Mercer, for inexplicably, a man of New Zealand and English origin from yeah. Yorkshire. Is he sponsored by like a... Taco local, Bell? Yeah, local Maybe, restaurant or something. Pulling a party popper, wearing a sombrero as his tri-celebration gift. Well, well have you seen um, the... Northampton North Saints. Uh, yeah, Saints. The power tools ones. Love them. Wack, wacky, wacky things to do with the power tool. Absolutely love them. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would hate... To be asked to do that, but yeah. I love how stupid it is. Dan Biggers is great. He he refuses. I, I love him a yeah. little bit more because he refused to uh, to do it. Uh, I've seen uh, Ken Owens. Oh, that's amazing. So yeah, on off. <laughs> so obviously he's contractually obligated to do one of these. So he's obviously said, what's the minimum I have to do? They say you have to walk into shot and then walk out of shot. Yeah. And that's all he does. Walks in, stands there for the briefest period with, with a grumpy face, walks back. It reminds me <laughs> of um, the, the McDonald's advert for how much work you need to do, do to buy a double cheeseburger. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, um, I think they've all copied Glasgow, haven't they? Didn't they do that first? The... Well, I think actually that everybody's copying Nottingham Forest Football Club, who were the first to do it, and they did it. They do it brilliantly. Uh, did they? Yeah. Surely it's an American well, thing. I, I don't know. Well, maybe it is an American thing, but in terms of British sport, yeah, okay. Nottingham Forest were the first people to do it, and now everyone's doing well, it. It was like the WhatsApp it, message, wasn't it? Yeah. Is it starting to jump the shark a little bit, or are you loving it? I'm I'm into it because <laughs> yeah. I only noticed them during the a, the A League game or whatever it's called, Premiership Cup or whatever it's called, um, the other day. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, ridiculous, but interesting. It's absolutely ridiculous. It I, is ridiculous. I quite like it. I quite like seeing these. So, so someone who embraces it is Joe Marler. He's very good at that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, we, do, we 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 should do our own gifts, egg chasers gifts. What would we use them I, for I, when, I, when Benetton win? We should have <laughs> we should have a JB one. Benetton or sale. Ulster, Benetton or sale. Ulster, 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 and then I'll have to think of something that I use it for. Maybe when you're on TV. That the wrist. The wrist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, that's a good shout. Why don't you do a wrist workout video of you in the you know, in the gym, <laughs> little little wrist flexes? Wrist if you've got any ideas. Oh my god, that is going to be such a great. Um, we could make it like a two minute. Oh, like a little video clip. documentary, spoof documentary. Yeah, thing. of of like how you prepare. Yeah, like a rocky training montage. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah, just whipping out this mic from its holster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, that'd, be, that'd be excellent. Yeah, I'm going to do that. That's perfect. Tier but, two, tour but three. We'll work on that. We, we need to have our by this time next week. We need to each have our own gif. Oh no! For oh, for no. something, and uh, if you have any ideas about what that could be for each of us. 
Um, send them in. Send them in. Yeah. Tweet us. Tweet us. See if you can win a tie. At Rugby Podcast. We'll give Good away some idea. ties. If we, we'll yeah. give away an Egg Chasers tie if your suggestion ends up being one that we use. Um, or could, could, we, could we get listener gifts for, in their club shirt? Ooh. When there's potentially... I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm spitballing here. Yeah. Uh... No, send us your suggestions for the gifts that we that, that, that we should try and do. If we do one, we'll send you a tie. And throw on a hashtag of some, some description. Um, the hashtag Perfect. being... Uh, egg chaser gifts. Um, Rugby gifts. Rugby gifts. Um, the gifts. The gift that keeps on gifting. <laughs> <laughs> there's loads, there's loads. You'll uh, work it out. <laughs> cool. Um, oh, I don't know. So, anyway, Whatever. Just Bath. tweet at Rugby Podcast. Bath are looking to me like they could be a top four team. But there again, I think... You know, they, after... they did it at times last year. Yeah. But brief moments last but year. this seems to be an upward curve. You know, and like, a lot of teams are looking substantially better than they did, la- did last year. So, they can't all get in the top four. Yeah. So on the up, Gloucester, Bath, obviously the two powerhouses which are there... Less, Leicester right now are very much on the much, up. Much better. Northampton will be much better. On the way down, you're probably looking at Wasps slightly. But mind you, they did win today. They won, and Sopoanga in his first start. Yeah, he no. hit the ground running. No, I wouldn't put Wasps in, in, in that. I think Wasps are just as good, just as, good as they were last year. Um, yeah. Harlequin, Sale, Worcester, Newcastle on the way down a bit. Yeah. Joe Thocken, a singer, talking about people who are on the way up, is the boy. Looked an absolute don <laughs> yeah. in that game. That finish. He did all right. He did all right, to be fair to him. Um, yeah, I thought he was going to take a little bit more time to settle in. But there, you know, there, there we go. You don't need to have a, the the lead in. Nope. No, okay, sorry. Uh, what I will say to our to our podcast listeners is there's, there, there could well be... A, well, no, there is going to be an amazing little Easter egg um, on our... YouTube channel and anywhere that you see the videos up because um, the reason I asked JB about the question about the lead is we just had a little technical issue which means that you've missed the last 10 minutes of what we were recording and it was gold wasn't it It, dynamite it was it included pilots in pyjamas yeah um, and recommending extreme levels of alcoholism for harlequins yeah among (laughs) pretty much you pretty much bang on there pretty much bang on so um yeah, but we but we uh, we weren't recording. We weren't recording. So uh, go, go go and seek that out because it's worth it. But but do you know what? We should get on to uh, looking at the, this weekend coming games. Yes, let's do that. Absolutely right. Pro fourteen first. D- do it. Friday, Friday six fifteen, an early kickoff because it's in South Africa. Yeah, good. Cheetahs host Ulster. Ulster to win. Unbeaten Ulster. It, Cheetahs is a tougher game than the Southern Kings. Yeah, and I think Cheetahs will win and Ulster will still be pride of three out of four but not as pride as they would have been being four out of four mm-hmm. mm. give me Ulster I think they I think they might do this but only because cheaters are struggling a little bit this year um then on Friday night as well we've got which is going to be routine Cardiff who have not been playing well at all hosting Munster next who are playing very very well Joey Carberry first start for Munster last week scored a try on on oh. debut nice your mate, your mate, Joey Carberry. Munster, who hammered Ospreys, who we'll come on to in a minute. Um, we've got the other, on Saturday, we've got the other South African game. 
Glasgow, who hammered cheaters, travel to Southern Kings, who are possibly the weakest team in the league. Yep. Adam Hastings to boss it again. Third man of the match in a row. Nice. And score a lot of points. Then we've got Connett, uh, Scarlets, which should be interesting. It will be interesting, Scarlets to edge Away it. win. Dragons, Zebra. Yep. Ooh. Oh, sorry. Um, Zebra to win. This will be where Dragons get off the mark in ugly fashion, my prediction. Hmm. Zebra, good win last week. Great yeah, win. Yeah, Zebra, great well. win against Cardiff. Who would have thought that, um, that the Italians would be the third most successful nation in the Pro 14? <laughs> uh, who, indeed, who would have thought it? Yeah. Um, Leinster at home to Edinburgh, which is going to be a big home win. And Ospreys, who have just been hammered by Munster, hosting JB's beloved Benetton. Yeah, Benetton, take him to the woodshed. Give him some 2 They by could, four. you know. They will, they will. They're they, a good team. They could do. I think there will be a backlash from Ospreys. Doubt yeah. it, mate. They've got no backbone. They're weak. <laughs> cowards. No, they're not cowards. Um, I just Who? don't know. I just don't think Ospreys are any good. I don't know why they're... they're I, you know, you talk about clubs' DNA... And Osprey, the Osprey's DNA is they're just not very good. <laughs> I mean, they can have as many... Even when they were good, they weren't good. Like, do you remember when they had, like, uh, Hook and Henson and, mm. you know, you name... Shane Williams. Shane Williams. Yeah, uh, Sh- Dan Bigger. Uh, was Dan Bigger... Pl- I mean, probably Dan Bigger was starting then. I mean, because they've been around for so long. And they've had so many Welsh internationals come through. And they've never been any good. The, the best I've ever been was, was it a semi or a quarter against Leicester in the Heineken Cup? That's mm. it. So, beloved Benetton to win. Yeah, big time. On to the Premiership. Friday night, up in Newcastle, on the artificial pitch, Exeter are travelling. Ooh, tasty. Jack, they'll have to probably step Jack Knoll aside. They will do, because of his dodgy knees. But Alex Cuthbert can come in. Fairly mm. handy replacement. Um, I can't they, help they but will, think... They will get, considering they made nine changes from last week... They'll probably make another nine, and they'll probably still win. The only question for me is, do they get a five five try bonus point? Because it's not an easy place to go up to Newcastle. Yes, they will. I think they probably will as well. Weather dependent. Mm-hmm. There'll be there'll be four games, twenty points. Yep. Um, Saturday three three o'clock. We got Bath hosting Northampton. Big Bath winner. I'm thinking. Home win. Although Northampton... I don't think a big bath win. Northampton, Northampton were really abrasive against yeah, against right. yeah. They do have some they do have some characters in, in that team who are you know nice and abrasive. I tell you what, the Piers Francis try, the line he cut for that first try was spectacular. He's a very good bellwether to if they're gonna be any good. If he starts playing well, yeah. That that's um an interesting indicator because none of us particularly rate him. So no. if he's if Chris Chris Boyd is getting the best out of him. Yeah. Exactly. Then he's doing some really good things. And I would say, I mean, Tamana Harrison and, and their back row players in general, solid, good players. In fact, very good players. But if Bath just decided, go on, we've got so many amazing number eights. Just have one for the day. <laughs> take take Tilupe Falatau at Mercer. Take him for a ride in your back row. Then I think you could be talking They should do the decent thing and like lend them out to a, lo- a lower league club just to give them some just give them some game time. Well, I think I think that's what Northampton are are short of, and they're not going to be able to solve that problem. They they need just one more massive back row ball carrier. Haskell does a lot of good things, but that's not carrying the, is not his strength. Carrying is not his strength. No, but um, um, he does. Yeah, he they're, they're, they're missing that big time. They're missing King Louis. Yeah, there you go. Which, so Bath isn't everyone? Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, Bath, Bath, win. Bath win. It won't be easy because Northampton scored two very good pushover tries uh, against against that Saracens but back. Naira Volo on fucking a singer. Ooh, here or we go. Or on Rocco. That is that is a meaty match. It is, isn't it? It really is. Tasty. Uh, okay, next one. Uh, Sale Wasps. Sale win at home. Sale without Faf. Without Van Rensburg. Um, I, without I can't Ashton, see. Without without Jean, Ashton. Without um, Well, James Ashton's never played for the club, so we don't need no. to worry about that. No, but, but they let Haley go because they were getting Ashton. Mm, I think they let Haley go and then they kind of got Ashton by accident, <laughs> personally. Um, I don't think that was that was planned. Um, I think Sale can, can win this. Oh, I think they, they can. can. Of course they can, yeah. On balance, they probably won't. Yeah, I'm not sure they will do. I think I think Wasps away. And the, the other Saturday kickoff yeah. uh, is Bristol hosting Harlequins. This is the tastiest one of Saturday matches. Oh, they, Bristol need this. They both need this. They both need. Oh God, they both need this. Harlequins being it, it, the scoreline was respectable at the end against Bath. It was thirty-two, thirty-seven, but the game was over after about 50, 60 minutes. You know, some of the, some of the smarter rugby commentators uh, on Twitter have put Harlequins down to struggle. I think they're absolutely right. Mm. Yeah, I think bottom four. Well, I just, I just want to. I, I will just point out that I, uh, I, I did a video about Bristol before the season started and said. They're going to be they're going to be ballers. They're going to go for it, and I think they'll finish tenth. Mm. Yeah, I, I can see that. I think I, be I can see that. This this might be the this might be a, a bellwether. Talk about bellwethers. Yeah. This might be a bellwether for how likely that is. Do you remember the last time Bristol stayed up after being promoted? Um, was that in the Gus P shot and two thousand? Nope. Or years? Nope. See if you can name the scrum half that. Um, uh, so the, oh no no hold on I know Perry. the fly half was Jason Strange jo- it might Joe Alab was playing in the back row Joe Alab might have been playing was it, it was it Strange because um, did they come up and not go straight back down with him or did they stay up because mm. they stayed up for one season and then went down the next right can you remember the, can you remember the scrum half and I'll Sean, Perry. Pe- Sean, Sean Perry Sean Perry the one I was and do you know, I think I'm right in this Sean Perry has got the distinction of doing what when he played for England in his with his first cap? Of uh, being named as what? Man of the match, vice captain. Vice really? Captain. I'm pretty sure. Uh, you might need to check that. That's an unbelievable stat to have just to, to, the, the amount of rugby knowledge and rugby facts useless. A lot of it that we have rattling around in our heads. <laughs> I'm certain. Maybe check it. Maybe up. Uh, yeah, absolutely check that. <laughs> It'd be a difficult thing to check. Well, I think he's only had like two or three, two or three caps. Fourteen is listed. And do, as and, and do you know what his profession was before professional rugby player? Teacher? Uh, no, no, no. I would go for more manual than that. Yeah, very manual. Plumber. Oh, so close. Welder. Really? Welder. Sean, Sean oh, Perry was a welder. Very good. Yeah. Who was his number eight at the time? Dan Ward Smith. Dan Ward Smith. Dan that's someone. Yeah, I loved that guy. He, he was, was great. a talented player. I absolutely player. loved him. Yeah. He was seriously talented. Did he get some wasps? He did, didn't he? Yeah, he went to wasps. He should have got an England cap. Uh, real shame, that. Real shame. Uh, knees or something. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Bristol Harlequin, who's going to win? Dan Ward Smith's knees aside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if those two can make a difference uh, this week, I'd be... Uh, I'm, I'm back in Bristol. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've seen people in the stands getting involved with people on the pitch. 
Uh, oh, in the Australia. Oh, we didn't talk about that, did with, we? With the Australia game, and uh, so maybe Darren Wald Smith's knees could make an appearance um, at Ashton Gate. <laughs> Just nice. trip someone up. And if they do, who's going to win? Bristol Quins. I'm going for Quins. I think Quins have got a lot that I like. Bristol have got a lot that I like about them. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I think Bristol at home. They were so lucky against Bath, though. They were so jammy. Yeah. Everything went their way, and I don't think they're going to be that lucky again. Sir Charles isn't back yet. No, I'm going to go. Br- I'm going to go Brizzle. I go Brizzle. Quins for me. Then on Sunday, one easy game to predict, one difficult. The easy one: Leicester host Worcester. Okay. Which next. is going to be a five-try win for Leicester. Will, uh, will 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 Spencer be available to play his former team? Good question. Uh, will I they suspect- rescind it in the George Smith fashion or? He's not in there as charismatic, charismatic as, yours. as your Smith. He no. has to take some very good biscuits along. Incredible biscuits. Like premium biscuits. Oh, gonna... Like laced you... with rehypnol or something. <laughs> <laughs> something no, naughty. Novichak. Um, <laughs> Novichak. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I suppose now you've just got to go there and entertain the committee as much as like, juggle or something. <laughs> you know, so they forget what they're, what they're doing and then uh, away you go. Um, the other game, yeah. much more difficult. Uh, this is a particularly interesting game in the season. Saracens hosting Gloucester. Brilliant yes. game. My wrists will be making an appearance at this one. Nice. Yes. Great game to be working at this. Golden wrists meet golden wrists, eh? If you get hold of Danny Cipriani. Well, if if he's man of the match at the end, I'll have to chat to him. That will be a very, very, very good sign for Gloucester. It would be. A huge test. This is the test. Yeah. And Gloucester's pack will fancy themselves against against Saracens. I agree with that. Yeah, I, I, Mark McCall said at the start of the season that one of the big things they've been working on is their scrum. They were aware that for all the good, good things, yeah, their, their, their set piece, that scrum set piece, wasn't good enough, and they they did get pushed around a bit. Yeah, uh, so, so Ack- Ackerman will definitely target that. I think Gloucester will be chomping at the bit for this because it, it's kind of like like a bellwether to how how good they're going to be. Whereas Saracens will be looking forward to this because they love big games. I mean, it's yeah, going to be true. it's going to be awesome. It's going to be absolutely awesome. And your predictions? Saracens. Yeah. It, yeah. it is near impossible to look past Saracens at home. I tell you what, I want, I want Gloucester to win. It'll be very interesting for the league if Gloucester win this. Yeah. Yeah, two could become three. I yeah. didn't look at this fixture a few weeks ago as being where we are now and nope. looking at it like this. I tell you what, though... I, I, a successful Gloucester would be so cool because I mean they they travel well and uh, anyway they're a passionate uh, set of support set of supporters to start with. But imagine if they're like top four and you know it, it's gonna it'd be awesome. So on that note, one final question to sign off the pod: Is this Gloucester's year? Oh, Shh, whisper it! It's Gloucester's year. <sighs> Always Shh. next year. Shh. No, it's, it's this year. This is this is it, boys. I think we. I think three games in. Yeah, we cannot say yet that this is going to be Gloucester's year. No, it's Gloucester's year. I'm, I'm, you're going to say put it on the board. I'm going to say they're going to be top four. It's going to go on the board. I'm going oh, to say, that's not set. That's, that's not, not Gloucester's the, year. Well, 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 they need to win the whole thing to be Gloucester's year. They won the challenge. They won the Challenge Cup last year, and no, they uh, didn't. They lost it again. Oh yeah, they lost it. They, they've, they won, got, they won uh, the year they've got a phenomenal record of losing Challenge Cups. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. It's uh, too, uh, too uh, soon to let's, 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 let's get serious about this for a second, right? Put it on the board. Because we Gloucester need to define to what Gloucester's year is. Not uh, winning uh, the league. Gloucester's four isn't top winning four. The... Gloucester's year isn't top four. Gloucester's... They've got to well, win the league next year, then, I think. Next yeah. year. I mean, it's they, always next year. Yeah, they can't win it this yeah. year. Next year's Gloucester. Ne- year. Next year, they, they need to bed bed down a little bit more. Yeah, who knows? World Cup year as well. They'll have, mind you, that'll probably hurt them quite. Uh... It, depends, oh, it depends on how far South Africa get. Oh, let's not even think about next season. <laughs> not think about next season. There you go on that bombshell. Let's wrap this up. Uh, how can we get the word bellwether into <laughs> one into more time? One more time into the pod. Well, how long have we been? Uh, Long enough. One hour, 37 minutes. Long enough. Of pure rugby without, chat. Without the pilot drunkenness pyjama chat. I can't believe the, the, he had to cut that out. I can't, well. That's award-winning stuff, that. That, that is, isn't it? That's, <laughs> you know, ugh. I mean, that is, that, that, that's how you, how, you win, how, how you win Sony's. That, or just being lucky enough to be present on air during a disaster. Like, one of the two. <laughs> Still not bitter about the fact that uh, we got, we got nominated, mate. Last year, I didn't even, buy, but I was so scorned we, by it. I didn't even put an, en- I didn't even put an entry in this year. Yeah, I mean, if only we were there when you know, you know, when you know when the Russians poisoned the spies, or you know, we needed, we need, we should have manufactured our, our own catastrophe, and then we would have won something. Are you mm. saying that Five Live? No, I'm not <laughs> saying that. No, no, no. no. <laughs> the the one time. So what? If, if you don't understand what JB's talking about, we we were nominated for best sports show at the Audio and Radio Industry Awards last year, um, and we we it seemed like all the awards went to worthy. Um, yeah, worthiness. Worth, so yeah. like crying on the couch with sports people. Uh, I don't know if yeah. that's the official name name of the show, but that's what they did. Good. It's a good show, but yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. It felt like that. So, what point is, we had a perfect opportunity to have done that, JB. Gone, Only you... we turned it into a joke when JB got impaled on a tree. <laughs> we, <laughs> that was, we couldn't stop laughing. That was our moment to <laughs> have it. cried and won an award. Oh, <laughs> if only I could just get him. If only I could do myself some serious damage we again. Could have, yeah. We could have had like an just... appeal. We could have had an appeal. A I like with, with a, char- a new charity with a logo of JB silhouetted oh, upside uh, down on a tree <laughs> branch. <laughs> I do. You know, there's so many. I'm, I'm raining it in a little bit because you know, been a bit, little bit knocked around of late on Twitter and by uh, you know, just by you know, media world in in, in general. So I'm going to dial it in. Um, but there are so many things that I want to say right now about the sort of charity <laughs> that I want and that I want to set up. <laughs> I, I can't. I'm going to leave it. And also, charities have already been set up around rugby. They're, 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 some of them are utterly ridiculous. But anyway, we will we will do that another time. Yes. Let, let's let everything well, cool no, down. We'll put a pin in that though, because yeah, there, there will be a time and a place, 100 percent for that. So we will get into it. But as for now, thank you very much for listening, and um, let the boys play. Let the boys play. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.